0: When I'm not drinking bourbon or writing blues songs, I listen to the Sean Geek podcast over on seanmcGinnity.ca.
1: And you should too. Who's got
2: the mouse pad? Yeah, you just got the mouse pad. You know, Todd's got the actual guitar.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> who, is the the I, who should be writing for the Vanilla News Desk? Yeah. Here we go.
2: <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Sean Geek at Fast Fred podcast with me, your host, Sean Geek, and that guy over there, Fast Fred, and today we got two guests. We're actually, uh, we got someone who knows a lot, and we've got someone who knows a little bit, and we're going to actually talk about Van Halen's 5150 album, track by track, and we're going to tell you what is the top track of that album, and what is the worst track of that album. So this week, we're bringing on the brother from another mother who's been on this show more times than any other guest, Corey Taves, the Corey Geek from the Geekspin podcast. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir. Oh, yeah. Say it again. I like the sound of that. Hello, sir. (laughs) Awesome. And we also got uh, Eric Senich from the Booked on Rock podcast and also one of the writers at the Van Halen News Desk making his return to our show. Say hello, sir.
1: Hey, guys. Good to be back. This is my third appearance, right? Yep. Do I get a green jacket? Is that what they do? In oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, green jacket. Yeah. The uh, the green. <laughs> we should have a green Sean Geek shirt.
1: Yeah, like a velvet uh, smoking jacket for returning <laughs> guests.
0: Know, like, it, got it, me it,
1: it, yeah,
3: it wouldn't work with the green screen, though. You just disappear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. I always wonder: Can I call you guys by your real names, or do you oh, yeah. prefer your stage names? No, <laughs> I always want to say no. Sean and Todd, and then. All right, now the other question, and I haven't asked this the last few times: Where did you come up with Sean Geek?
0: Uh this guy, uh, Corey Geek, Corey. He's yeah. he's the reason for it. Okay, yeah. so, do you want to tell the story, Corey?
2: Well, um, I don't even remember when we started. Back in two thousand seven, I guess it was. We were doing a. Uh, webcomic called meet the geeks and uh it featured uh, myself sean um our buddy clayton and our buddy uh matt and it was just basically about you know four friends down on their luck having to move in together and the various antics and uh shenanigans that you know went on so we kind of you know wound up you know calling ourselves you know the geeks um, and you know, kind of like the Ramones, right? So, you got the Sean yeah. geek, you got the Corey geek, you got the Clay geek, and that's just kind of where the whole thing started.
1: Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's Ever since.
2: it's okay. like the dwarves. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> How can I be Eric Geek? Can I?
2: Yeah, sure, if you want to be. You know, we're an open is there, family.
1: Is there a copyright on
2: that? No, <laughs>
1: no. so he would be
2: the Van cool. Halen geek, then I guess I would be the Van <laughs> Halen
1: geek. I don't so, know. Man, th- it might be between you know, him and Todd because you know Todd's got the guitar. <laughs> he's got the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> but I do have the Eddie Van Hillen mouse pad, Okay, <laughs> yeah, nobody can see it, but I've got it.
3: Hey, it looks the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I'm wearing the shirt. I got the eighty two tour shirt. Like oh, he's oh, look at naked that man! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Todd's showing that baby off. Don't drop that damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Actually,
2: just make it more authentic. Really.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
3: drag it behind a vehicle or something
2: yeah
1: yeah it's like stevie ray's guitar remember that oh well, one of the many guitars he had but yeah he had what he what was his favorite he had one he had a nickname for it, but it was all scratched up and just so so cool wasn't yeah. it a
0: left hand that was restringed right hand or something mm. or was i can't i, I i'm not that well versed in stevie ray
1: mm, i think that's hendrix well, didn't hendrix do that
0: yeah, yeah, Hendricks so yeah. He, he he did, did. Yeah, he play
1: left-handed, but didn't Hendricks?
0: I don't
3: think. I don't think Stevie did, though.
0: Didn't I thought he might have gone the other way, but mm-hmm. I'm probably totally wrong.
3: Unless he was running out of necks or something, and he had to use a, a lefty. I want to convert it. I want,
0: I want a toxic fan to call me out on this. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, here come the emails. <laughs> yep can hear the tapping away.
0: Eric big, sounded great man. in the episode, but Sean Geek, what an
1: asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, last time I was on with you guys, I was in Maine on vacation and I was yes. yeah. I was uh we, we had a good show, but I was a little uh a uh, little tired and uh, I think today I'm feeling really good and and I think, you know, we're going to kick some ass today. We got we got my one of my favorite albums of all time, but the album that got me into Van Halen and got me into rock and roll. This is the gateway album for me, so I'm looking forward to this. It was released on this week in nineteen eighty six, this at least this week that we're recording.
0: Yeah, that's that's that. I don't know. that's serendipity or something. Yeah, uh, I think
1: Todd. I is, that's why
2: you chose it, actually.
1: I wonder. No, we talked we? About or this no. Podcast. I think I just threw it out there. I said, "Let's do 5150. We because like, we did a Dave album last time, so let's yeah, do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we can yeah. keep flip flopping because that that that'll be kind of fun. Um, I was I was telling uh, sorry, John. I was telling Todd and Corey before we started recording. Before you jumped on. The day we're recording this, March 27, is the anniversary of Sammy's first show with Van Halen, the Hearst Memorial Coliseum in cool. Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. They did Shreveport as their first show. That was the first show. Yeah.
3: Yeah, my first Van Halen album was 1984, and it was for Christmas. So I, um, when I listened to it, it was like my jaw just dropped. Uh, and then I kind of went backwards. Uh, the Van Hale One Two and, and uh, Women Children and Diver Down. Like I, I did them all backwards that way. And then when 5150 came out, I was actually working at the co-op stocking shelves. And I had the tape. And right over the meat department, they had like a shelf on top of the like the lighting grid. So I had the the stereo up there and I popped the tape in. I played it. And just rocking out while I was loading the shelves. That was the first time I heard it, and it was uh, it was different. It was like okay, Eddie's gone stereo. <laughs> it's
2: yeah. it's
3: yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's got an eventide or a harmonizer or something. Like it just just the w- very wavy sound. It was it was a whole whole different sound. It was it was good, but for me the Dave era that for me is the core Van Halen. I mean, Sammy is great, excellent singer. Uh, the, the music is good just different just different right
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely they a lot of the hardcore dave fans checked out with the ballads you know, love walks in and why can't this be love?" they they checked out with that and it depends on your age i picked up on them when i was 16 and my friends in high school were talking about the band all the time I knew Jump, obviously. That was the first song that got me into the band, uh, like on an entry level. I, I still wasn't looking to invest all my time into them. But then it was Christmas Eve, 1988, and my older brother had the cassettes. He had 5150, Oh, you had one too. He did have 1984, I think. My older brother had all the vinyl, you know, one through, uh, I think he had one, two women and children. And so I, the cover of Fifty One Fifty grabbed me. So I just put it in this cheap Walkman, played it, and that was that moment. You get, you guys know, you have that moment. It's like, yeah. whoa, what the hell is this? Yeah. And so I literally just played it again. Just so you were like what, like eight when this came? No, because this was, know, was in 19, timeline here. No, no, nineteen eighty-eight. I was uh, sixteen. I was born in nineteen seventy-two. Was well, actually March
0: twenty fourth, nineteen eighty six, but
1: that's okay. Well, no, well, the album came out in eighty six, but I didn't listen to it for. Oh, seriously? Right? Okay. I right. know. I hear oh, what you are okay. saying, but okay. yeah, okay. you know, the album had been out for two years, and I knew vaguely the hits, and then I was working that summer of eighty eight when "It's Love" was on the radio all the time, and oh, okay. then, then yeah, you get to December, and I just said, you know what? my friends keep talking about it and anything my older brothers liked was cool. So that added to it. So let's play it. Let's just finally play it. And whoa, you know, and like I said, went to the end, flipped the tape around, played it again, goosebumps, you know, and that, and that was, I was chasing that to this day. I I always look for something new to get that rush from. And uh, yeah, I went out like similar to Todd and I went back uh, and then my older, oldest brother, he said, you gotta, you gotta listen to this. And he pulled out one and dropped the needle. So this was vinyl. We had a vinyl record player in the, in the living room, dropped the needle on, uh, on Van Hill and one, <laughs> holy shit, eruption, <laughs> you know? And you're like, what, yeah. what the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah. Holy shit. And then you're looking at the pictures on the album. Dave's doing that backflip, you know. Yeah. And then and then my brother says, here's my favorite two. Ben Hill. The to two. Yeah, that was it. I was hooked. Yeah. Hooked on it like crack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, uh the the energy of that music was I, you know, you need that when you're 16, man. You need yeah. something to get you through those years. Those are crazy years
0: and marie wasn't doing it for you and
1: marie or and marie uh, lightfoot no i, I picked up <laughs> on her actually uh, a few years later and gordon lightfoot and uh you know it's so funny because you know that it opens the door to rock and roll for me but but all kinds you know really? you, yeah you, 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 we joke about it but it's like i love all kind like folk you name it bluegrass you know, Simon and Garfunkel, I mean, it, it just, yeah. what it did for me is, is beyond just getting me hooked on Van Halen, you know, just it, music, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a musician, I'm, I'm a music lover, I just, there's something about, you know, I can play a little of this and that, but I, I just became fascinated with all the, the ins and outs, I wanted to know everything about the yeah. band members and how the song was written, and yeah. from there it was just, yeah, it was off and running. When you're when I hit actually... the ground running, I'm sorry. I hit the ground running <laughs> unchained. So we <laughs> got that tattooed on my arm, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah right nice. below the logo. Oh nice. Yeah. nice. Oh nice.
3: Of... Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. When you're chasing the brown sound, I guess is what yeah. they, they term it as for Van Halen One Two and you know the early years. Uh, and then once 5150 hit it, he just kind of switched gears and went into a different direction. But there's a lot of, of Van Halen fan players out there that have been chasing that Brown sound for years and years, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're trying, you know, uh, lower wattage tube amps, so they don't blow, you know, their ears don't bleed or trying to, <laughs> trying, to trying to find, a, you know, just a solid state type of version that, that, that you can use where you can just kind of plug and play and just have it on your desktop. Like I've, I use my, I got a, a Yamaha THR 10X. And there's a lot of uh, people on YouTube that, you know, that uh, teach and stuff and show, you know, Van Halen uh, techniques and whatnot and that use that. That that comes really close. It's very close.
1: Todd, you as a guitarist, um, you have to be just blown away by Eddie's musical mind when it came to that kind of stuff, right? He could talk with you. He loved talking to guys like you. Like I interviewed... uh, Chris Gill and Brad Talinsky who wrote that awesome book on Eddie conversations with Eddie Van Halen right and kind of like Neil Peart but in almost in the opposite like Neil Peart if you talked about um music with him or his drumming and how great he was he, he got turned off to it. if you talked yeah, about yeah. regular life stuff he could talk to you forever Eddie was the reverse so Eddie was like if you ask Eddie about his his personal life or whatever he, he doesn't want to talk about, it. but you talked to him about gear yeah. and oh, yeah. amps and, yeah. you know, he was like a mad scientist.
3: Well, he's an innovator. So he, yeah, he was constantly, constantly, yeah. constantly just trying new stuff just to see what he, works and what didn't.
1: By the end, he seemed to have gotten just the right sound that he was looking for on his guitars, but it took a long time. Yeah. You know, the EVH line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's fascinating just to hear him talk, about the guitar like some of those videos where you know, some of the, the guitar heads are are interviewing him and you could just say he loves it he could probably he would have talked for hours about that stuff
2: i remember uh, i was reading a book recently um on uh the hair metal years in la and i can't remember which uh guitarist it it's was one, but it's
1: the one eric covered on a show actually i think is it yeah. there's two of them there's two of them there was the one you're reading but part? a good time
2: yeah, that's nothing but a good time. And there's that one story in there where uh, one of uh, I can't remember which artist it was, loaned uh, Eddie his guitar. And you know, when he went to get it back, found that Eddie had like taken it apart. There was a uh, there was pickup missing and yep. yeah, you've been messing Who
1: with Who was it. that? <laughs> Who was that? Was that uh, Steve Stevens? No, I can't remember, but I remember that story though.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: he loved doing that stuff. He could take it apart, put it back together and
2: he was kind and of apparently
1: that's you know that was it i mean he would and valerie would even say you know he was in that studio man day after day night after night yep just endless like when are we gonna you know i want to see it but he, lo- <laughs> he loved he loved he just loved playing you know but there's one thing that he loved more than music that's a person that's wolfgang right love yeah Yep. that the smile on his face when he was with wolfgang was a different smile than when he was on stage playing oh yeah both joyous but there's a certain look that he had with wolfie you know wolfie yeah. kept him going man kept him oh yeah we, you know we we had he, him for he, more i mean he was he had was diagnosed my, with cancer in the early 2000s yeah i was working at a radio station and got the fax came over at van hill knows cancer it was like just getting punched in the gut you know but I yeah I, this is
0: i i agree though i think he kept going just because like i mean like wolfie was like discovering himself as as a musician and all this and he was just in awe standing back like watching his son i mean it's no different than when i'm watching abby playing the piano or ellie playing piano and i'm watching them create music and it's the same thing like everything not that i've done like anything comparable to eddie but anything i've done musically i watch them play and everything else is just doesn't matter it's just watching them you know just fall in love you know
1: yeah. With all yeah. of the things that you think you truly loved. And then you have a child. I, I've never, I don't have children. I, I have a nephew I love. And, but you know, I, I see the way my dad looks at my dad and mom are still alive. Thank God my dad's struggling. He's in a nursing home. And, but he taught me everything I knew about radio and yeah. he was so, always so proud of me, you know? Sure. Now we, we, we got dementia. He doesn't talk as much. We don't really get into the the long discussions about radio as much as we do, but that was that connection I had with him that Wolf had with his dad talking music. Oh yeah. And you know, every time I walk out of that, like I'll go see my dad today. And every time I walk out of that room, you know, he's just, he's got that look that he gives all his kids, you know, just that, you know, that, you know, we, that's why we, we feel like that's, you know, why my dad's still hanging on. He's got his kids. Yeah, that's that's what you know the people you love, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, I, I I'm just it was good that it, Eddie's life didn't end when he was in a real dark period. Yeah, you know, like like Valerie said recently, she was on Rob Lowe's podcast and she says, you know, I, I, she was glad that he made amends with a lot of the people that he loved because he uh, during that dark period, you know, he just he was just was had raw emotions and he was um it, it you know drugs and alcohol could just turn the nicest people yeah into the nastiest people and that wasn't him we knew we, we all know the the public image of Ed was probably pretty damn close to what he was behind closed doors uh before he really turned that corner to the dark period like just a genuinely caring guy. You hear the stories from oh, yeah. from fellow musicians and such a really good guy. And to the fans like he would you know he was always cool so yeah he he, it's good that you know it's sad he's gone but he he was able to at least uh i think he had that closure you know
0: so i wanted i wanted to seg into the reason i wanted Corey to come come here today and so like we're all the three of us we're all like (laughs) pretty big van halen nerds probably no bigger than like eric and todd but i'm i'm kind of the kind of maybe not quite in the middle but Corey is brand new so Corey went started a journey a little while ago and he decided to listen to the van halen catalog yeah and i'm like everybody never really listened to it before do you want to explain your uh your discovery
2: yeah i think i mean the biggest problem with uh with me was you know growing up we didn't have what we have nowadays, right? We didn't have the streaming services. If you want to listen to an album, you pretty much had to go out and buy it. Otherwise, you know, the only exposure that you're getting to a lot of bands was through the radio. And let's face it, you know, they tend to overplay certain songs and you never really hear the other songs on it. So there's only so many times that I can listen to Jamie's crying before, you know, I just kind of start tuning out. And I mean, that song gets way overplayed on uh, the rock stations here in uh, Winnipeg. So, you know, that's kind of what turned me off of Van Halen was just that oversaturation of, you know, say a dozen songs, which honestly is a very small part of their catalog, right? That's an album's worth of songs, right? So I figured obviously, you know, you've got Sean and you've got Todd, they're huge Van Halen fans, Van Halen, you know, pops up everywhere. You know, I've been reading a lot of books recently on, uh, rock and roll and, you know, the hair metal period. And there's no arguing that, you know, Eddie was an innovator when it came to the guitar. Um, David Lee Roth was everywhere in LA, you know, mentoring uh, young artists that were coming up, you know, teaching about uh, the behind uh, the scenes stuff, you know, how not to get taken in by the studios and by the uh, producers. So, you know, I started realizing, okay, you know, there's definitely something, there's something that I missed. So I figured, you know what? Let's just go in. Let's—we've got streaming services now. I can listen to every single album by Van Halen. It can start at the beginning. It can go right to the end, and I can, you know, decide for myself. And that's pretty much what I decided to do. So, you know, the first time I heard Fifty One Fifty would have been like about a month ago.
1: That's cool. Yeah. But see, that's what's so cool is that there are more fans joining, just getting on the ride. Yeah. Right, you know, just like you say, a month ago, and in the future, and that—that's
0: the we upside. Should, of we should have had
3: a service. reaction episode.
0: Yeah, we should, Oh yeah, a reaction episode would have been awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, yeah. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the upside of streaming services. The downside, of course, <laughs> the artists don't get paid as much. Yeah. But, but you know, you had to you had to pay to buy an album. So I used to judge it on how many singles from the album were on the radio or on MTV, and then I would say True. okay, because you know you have that. Whatever it was, paper route or part-time job during your high school days, it's like I can't. I don't want to spend it on something if I'm not sure. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the business model changes. It's always changing, and there's always ups and downs to it all. And you know, now a lot of these bands are compensating, and or they're working around the fact that they're not making money off of albums anymore by, you know, merchandise and things like that. You know, it was interesting. I interviewed Steve Pilkington uh, that. He wrote a book on Uriah Heap, which is another band I just really discovered outside of the hits, kind of like Corey. Yeah. But, but he was saying to me in the early 70s, they didn't have T-shirts. They didn't sell merchandise. Yeah. And it was all just on the road, ticket sales and album sales. So, you know, it, it, but the business model just keeps changing. There were the Van Helen had the famous t-shirt band story. Eddie would say when they for the 1984 tour, autograph, turn up the radio. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, tongue, yeah.
1: They, they were the opening act and they were the t-shirt band meaning they were a good band but not so good that the fans were gonna just stay in their seats. They're gonna go and buy some t-shirts. <laughs> the t-shirt <laughs> band you sure. know and, and the guys in the autograph were like we didn't take a person I mean we got it you know <laughs> yeah. as a business.
2: So yeah. Actually, one of my uh, classmates got kicked out of uh, our uh, medals class back in high school for wearing a for unlawful law, uh, criminal knowledge. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I know the FBRCK. So <laughs> yeah. 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 I was just watching their, their free show in Dallas from that tour. They made up a, a free show. I think Sammy lost his voice when they first came around, I think. And they played a free show for him during Christmas time right out in the streets of Dallas. Oh, cool. God damn it, Sammy's voice. Just effortlessly hitting notes. Mm. That's why we can get into, you know, I love both eras um, for, for both reasons. But you know what's interesting, though? I and mean, this will probably not, it's not what the Dave Only fans want to hear or the Sammy Only fans want to hear, but there's one thing Sammy and Dave did have in common. Their their vibe lyrically uh, was just get the most out of life. Yeah. Well, you know? You know? And and what they 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 had different approaches lyrically as to how they presented that, but you know hit the ground running. Dave said to Martha Quinn once, you know we're we're here to ride the rainbow. It's it's there's no pot of gold at the end. Just ride it, you know. Yeah. yeah. And Sammy's thing is, uh, you know we're gonna talk about one of the songs, Dreams. It's like, hey man, you take your hits, get back up. Yep. One dream's over. Time for another one. Um, best of both worlds. get the most out of life. It might as well jump, go for it. Don't know what's going to happen, but just go for it.
0: Yeah, that's true. So that, that
1: was the connection I always found between the two eras. You know, that's the thing with the Gary Sharon lyrics were not what the fans were. You know what? I think we're were expecting.
0: I think you really hit on something because they're always like the summer feel good. They usually have a release around the summertime. Yeah. And you know, there's your summer soundtrack. It's all about having a good time. Popping a couple of brews and then you know, going out and having
1: fun and just yeah soaking summer in nights, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like with the Beach Boys going
1: with the Beach Boys. Oh my God, Dave's a huge yeah. Beach Boys fan. Oh yeah, huge. You know, but hey, going gets tough, man. Get off your ass, get up, get but, up. Uh, you right? know what? Get up is one of the tracks on Fifty One Fifty. Man, make it work. However, you got to make it work. Yep. Make it work. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't sit around. Mm-hmm. Poor me. You know, uh, pictures in an empty room. So that's dreams, right? There's something yeah. that happened. You know, it's uh, black and white. I mean, the world's black and white. You know, we'll, we'll get into the track some more, but that's what I always loved about, um, you know, but but Dave Dave was more of a, like, Dave, I put in the, the lead with, like, Steven Tyler, just wordsmith, you know, just uh, the, the lyrics are just, like, almost like tongue twisters sometimes the way they would yeah. try, try to say that twice but yeah it's um you know dave was more about the attitude you know that had that you know
0: atomic punk or you know it's right it's like, oh, right. always this, this yeah. tough right it wasn't i'm strong it's no it's i'm it, a no. Tough,
1: dirty Sammy is more you know. of a rock and roll hippie yeah i always thought yeah. you know love you know uh, relationships uh dave ain't talking about love yeah yeah. So, <laughs> it's yeah. Talking about so, love. yeah yeah i can yeah. kind of relate to that dave thing because i almost got married and i got serious and i changed careers for her and uh, all this stuff you know and uh it it, it just fell apart and uh, nowadays i've settled into my life you know and it's like uh, i i ain't talking about love I'm, I'm i'm good i'm good
0: <laughs> you're, you're, you know? Right now, you're gonna turn <laughs> into sammy later like the rest of us oh did. yeah
1: of course yeah. i'm gonna meet somebody probably tomorrow that's gonna turn me into sammy so yeah. Yeah. You can't predict what's going to happen in life. But
0: so I, I re listen to this. 5150 is not one that I go back to often, probably because I listen to it so much. Like yeah. when, Todd, when Todd picked up that cassette and his band at the time, which were either called Overlord, Overload or My Toma, <laughs> just embarrass the shit out of Todd because it's fun. <laughs> um, his band started playing Summer Nights, Best of Both Worlds. And that was, that was my introduction to the album. It was hearing Todd play it. So mm. Todd's band playing it, and, you know, one time they set up a stage in, in our front yard off the Trans-Canada Highway, which is the highway that <laughs> one coast the And they're performing for cars that are zipping by. And I'm like... They,
3: pro- they probably couldn't hear us unless oh, they had no, their windows down.
0: <laughs> but I'm like, this is cool as fuck, because there's my, like, Best of Both Worlds, and I don't know, and Summer Nights. Like, those are the two, so... Like for the longest time, those were my two favorite songs. And what Todd didn't know is I would steal the cause they would record themselves playing and I would steal that cassette, go in my room, close the door, and sing along and pretend I was the lead singer of my toma. <laughs> you know? Like it, cool, it, you know, like that's that's, that's first I've heard it. that. Yeah. Oh, and I Todd, did all of
1: them. Todd is summer nights hard to play. Uh, uh I think of that and going crazy with uh, Stevie Vise. David Lee Roth song is... Well, the thing is, is back
3: when 5150 came out, he, he broke out the, the Steinberg guitar. Yeah. And this one here, I think it was called a trans tram or something. So he could lock it into whatever key he wanted. So if you took a regular guitar with a whammy bar, uh, none of the strings stretch evenly, I guess you could say, when you're doing dive bombing and stuff. Yeah. So with the the, the trans, with tram guitar he was able to do that. So at the beginning, when you're, when you're playing the song, it, it goes, it starts in one key. And then uh, he locks it in to a different key when the song kind of, you know, when it gets into it. So to be able to play it, you kind of have to fudge it around when you're, when you don't have all that, you know, all that gear. So you can, you know, you, you try and do your best, but.
1: So that's a result of different animal. years and years of gear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, group. it was
3: it was another piece of gear he found. And, oh, this is cool. Let's let's make yep. you know. So, half for, album, doesn't I think he use he that uses...
1: for? He uses that for Cabo Wobble too, does not he? Uh, uh, are you not sure? Not sure? Yeah, yeah. Not sure. I know.
2: Yeah, I had no idea that Teddy ever played at Steinberg. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. He, he he was, he's playing it on live without a net. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: With actually, that. yes, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was diaper one. pants. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, Todd. What? Todd had a pair. Todd wore parachute pants at that time, the did same you?
1: thing.
3: And I'm
0: pink? like,
1: did you do pink?
3: Todd?" Hey, you know what? You should admit it on, on this episode. Maybe you should put the picture up.
1: There you go. Oh, oh. Todd <laughs> in his oh my God. I and his it. tank top. My,
3: my mullet tank yeah. top, my parachute pants.
1: So you had yeah, the Michael Anthony mullet. You had the Michael Anthony mullet. You had Eddie's pajamas. Uh, did you have did you have the Alex headband and were you wearing the I can't drive 55 shirt? No, Why didn't no. You have the headband on. Todd? <laughs> I, no, I never <laughs> did. You needed to complete that. That I
0: never did headbands. I I was
3: never, that wasn't my thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Norm Norm would have one around his around his leg though. Yeah, when we played, we
0: always said he got. Oh. Shot. We always said he got shot shot in the leg and he was just oh you know, that's 80s
1: yeah oh, around yeah. the leg yeah <laughs> tie it around the calf. That's now that this.
0: was now that guy eric that guy was a great fucking bass player was uh yeah. was norm and todd's band oh my god that that i looked up to that guy too he was like he just on stage man he looked so fucking cool yeah yeah and i'm like that guy's getting chicks like that oh, was my always my thought <laughs> yeah there was
3: there's was, there was two <laughs> pictures one picture was we played one song and i think we played another song and what he had done is i think he'd taken the, the handkerchief and he went from one leg and you put it on the other just to see if anybody would notice. Innovator, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and they had that bass amp just cranked, and the thump oh, yeah. coming out of it was it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Nice.
0: That might be my favorite band over Van Halen was my Toma.
3: <laughs>
0: really? Okay.
1: Do I have to start a website MytomaNewsDesk.com? And
0: it stood for Mike, Todd, and Norm. Wait, was that what? No, Mike, Todd, and. Wait, that doesn't even add up. <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyway, uh, let's get into the album here. Let's do it. So right. uh, so the album starts off with Good Enough, which um, it's a song about not being vegetarian, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's about? <laughs> so, okay, I mean, you know, what? I got I to gotta pull up the, the lyrics because these oh, are... Oh, you like- know, what?
1: While, while you do that, Sean yeah just just a couple interesting thing well the first well the release date was March the 24th 1986 It was released yes. yep. the album cover okay that is oh yeah we, we were supposed
0: to talk about the album cover we yeah, did yeah. last time but let's let's go back to the album cover
1: yeah the album cover features a guy by the name of Rick Valente and he's from New Haven Connecticut he's from which is 45 minutes from where I am right now which you is where New college. you mean New, New Haven, Haven? This is not it, New Haven. I, I drive my friends and coworkers nuts because there's North Haven and there's East oh, yeah. Haven and, and West Haven. I'm like, no, oh, no, no, East Haven. And then they look at me like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, there, there was a there was a casting call uh, and a line of guys around the building, and he got the gig and he hung out with the guys Wait, Was, the was it all I
0: mean, was it all meant to be bodybuilders though, or was it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was
1: all yeah. They they were looking for like the Atlas bodybuilder look. So he got the gig, and he was hanging out with the guys for three days. He said, and they were all awesome, awesome. So yeah, all that's right. the album cover. Let's get. I want. Yeah, he was
3: 40. a he was a host of Body Shaping, wasn't
1: he? Yes. Yeah. ESPN. Yep.
3: And okay. uh, 83s I, Mr. Los Angeles.
1: I've tried reaching out to him. But he's hard to find. I would love to. Oh God. Talk to him some more about you know that experience.
3: Well, he's sixty three now, I
0: think. I
1: think yeah. He
0: probably looks great still. I'm sure. Okay. I want to get because yeah, there was a
1: video of him a few years ago. He
0: still jacked. Oh, God, I'm sure. So Corey, do do you yeah. have the do you see the the album cover there? Yes, I, I want to get the newbie's perspective of this album cover, seeing it for the first time.
2: Okay, and, and um, I
0: want you to like, based on like this is all we're doing this all on the fly here, but if you had to rate a Van Halen cover, what how does this one rate against the other ones? Is is this the top Van Halen cover? <laughs> Let let's see what you got to say.
2: You know what? Um, I mean, I'm also nervous, right? So overall I mean it's eye-catching it's something that definitely if you're walking through the uh through the record store and you have got all these albums you know it's the one that's gonna draw your eye it's got you know the van Halen logo right out there you know it's got the beefcake can't go wrong with beefcake right yeah so yeah I think it's it definitely signifies you know I could see why they would use this with the new well uh, lead singer because it does kind of signify like you know something big
1: yeah so yeah yep. weight of the world yeah. on their shoulders man yeah exactly nobody expected this yeah. to to go off as it did yeah, and it really that is good. by the way that the start yeah. of the it was a brand new look to the logo that's the circle logo yeah, yeah. dave era wings Sammy era rings
3: yep wings and rings, rings and rings
1: Sounds like a Friday night at the at the local bar. (laughs) (laughs) Onion rings and chicken wings. (laughs)
0: Different. Very different. Um I I love love, the cover. Yeah, I I know you do. I know you love it. Yeah. Uh so Corey likes it too, obviously.
3: Uh Todd. Uh it's it's different. It's totally different from yeah, from the covers that they had previously. But uh yeah, it was basically uh it was a whole new world, I guess, um, having, and we waited so long for the next Van Halen album. It was like, I don't care what you put out, just put something out so we can, you know, because I, I had tapes and I think I wore them out. And after a while they, they'd start to squeal and you can only play them for, you know, so many times. And that was before, you know, CDs and all that stuff. So uh, yeah. I and mean, when this came out, it was like, my God, finally yeah, a new album. So I was very very excited to uh, to uh, to listen to it. Now when I looked at the cover, I saw it and I went, mm, "Okay, that's different." Uh, it was neither good or bad. It was just it was just a different cover, I guess, for me.
1: Yeah, I know some people that just don't like it at all. Yeah, there's
3: some people that don't.
1: I, I loved it. That just I, I jumped know. out at
0: me. Yeah. It's not I my favorite. I didn't like it at the time. It it was kind of reminiscent of that <clears throat> that Rush album cover with the guys naked mm. ass. It, it it kind of felt oh I mean, hemispheres. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I kind of I kind of oh, felt. The same get
1: ass. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Todd's gonna bring his his oh, Todd's home. getting up. Is he gonna show his ass? What's he doing here? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe.
0: <laughs> Maybe that'll get us ratings, so it's good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Get us ratings. Get us some extra downloads. This isn't video, man. No, so I mean, actually just, you, you gotta out. say
2: yeah. though. With uh with the 5150, you know, it's a very bold move.
1: Um Corey, Corey, you were saying, though, yeah, this is a uh, you were talking about this the is a, it was really cover. Bo-
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, it was in an era of, you know, the still of toxic mas- masculinity. Right. So people were, would see something like that. and be like, oh, man, you know, Van Halen's become a bunch of fags. That's
1: yeah, I'm sure. You know, and I yeah. never even thought about that, but you're right. I know. Well, that's yeah. the haters are going to look for something to hate. Sure yeah, not.
0: exactly. But then, no, you know know what, Corey, you've actually got me to like, look at this like a different way. Like it it was bold because at the time, I mean, I, you know, what, Dave might be a bit misogynistic, yeah, but Eddie never was. And I don't think Sammy really was. And I don't think any of those guys really were. They were just following the Dave shtick, like in the videos and stuff.
1: Well, unless unless you read the lyrics are
0: good enough, then uh, we'll get to that. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, I, I like but
1: overall I hear what you're saying yeah
0: I think this cover holds up better the longer the longer it's been right like this cover this covers bowl and like the, just the colors the greens well that's I love all that it. like yeah. I, I don't know it's 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 good man yep. I don't know I'm like with you, it, it's cool all right so let's get into the first track so as I was mentioning the lyrics of this song <laughs> which when I was so 86 I was like I don't know what. I'm not good with math. I was, was, uh, anyway. I was I was a young kid, and I I see lyrics like this, and you know you open you open up the cassette and you you get you get the folded out lyrics you know sheet, and I'm reading the lyrics, and here's the lyrics. So uh, Corey might not remember the lyrics, is he wasn't reading. I've actually
2: got them up in front of me right here. so.
0: So U.S. Prime Grade A stamped guaranteed. Grease it up and turn on the heat. You got to throw it down and roll it over once, maybe twice, then chow down, down, and down, and down. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, as a kid, I'm like, why are they singing about hamburgers? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't get it. I was too young to know any better. But I'm like, well, they have a song about hamburgers. I guess it's okay. The next song is going to be about, you know, French fries, I guess. Like, you know, I, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, euphemisms or... You know,
1: Even even when Sammy goes good enough to Ugh He's uh, <laughs> yeah. still, it's still like a hamburger. He's choking on his hamburger It's what I did when I was a kid Oh <laughs> what are we having for dinner hamburgers Ugh yes <laughs> Oh that's good Mom. Uh. Oh god And then you got
2: that you know that vocal side In the middle of the song it's like Hey waitress what you got on for
1: special yeah. Rack yeah. what i have some of that
0: Uh, I like this song I like that at first the lyrics got me at the time I don't know if this song has held up over the years for me as this used to be my favorite track because it was the opening track it was loud obnoxious lots of fun silly lyrics this used to be like my you know my number one or number two on the album at the time Mm. but um has it held up I
1: don't know Eric you next all right Well, it's interesting that this, along with Summer Nights, was intended for Roth on the follow-up to 1984. Uh, You can hear it. Yeah, you can hear it. Right. So there's even that classic Dave-era interlude part where you can just imagine, you know, Eddie's leaving it for Dave to say something cool over it. You know, I like the way that. uh, I like the way the (laughs) the the lyrics. So who's knocking? Lyrics to these,
0: then Eric.
1: Well, Sammy wrote the lyrics. Okay. Okay. But yeah, yeah, but so. But I think, you know, Eddie maybe had written it, you know, after all the years working with Dave, you know, he was in lockstep with Dave. He knew he knew how he, he, he liked the way the song would be structured. So I think that was, that little interlude part was probably for Dave, you know, but it's not Sammy's finest moment lyrically. I mean, it's about a woman who's treated like a piece of meat, you know, not, yeah, not yeah, yeah. you know, not great, but good enough to roll in the sack with, right? It doesn't hold yeah. up well. in 2022 but having said that the song itself is a it's a perfect album album opener sure sammy's hello baby great way to introduce him into the band nice tip of the cap to the big boppers line from his 1958 song which is Race. i like that yeah yeah yeah. right on and as far as sammy's voice i mean that's the thing i mean he can sing the phone book all right for me so when he falls short lyrically he makes up for it with his vocals you know one of the greatest voices in rock powerful Got a bit of that Rod Stewart sandpaper scratchy thing to yep. it. Love his voice. Yep. And you know Eddie's guitar work, great. When is it not? Right. And there are some classic Eddie and Michael Anthony harmonies here. Yeah. All over the track. All Ooh. over. Somebody. Yeah. Yep. I, I put it at eight, mostly because of the lyrics. That's the only. One. Musically, it's you know it's a rocker. It's great. Hey, you're going to put lyrics- your
0: ranking in? Okay. I'm going to I'll put my yeah. Ranking in. So you're yeah. Good. I'm you're putting it on here. So I've got a a, a fantastic uh, Excel spreadsheet here that's going to calculate and tabulate, and it's going to give some some nice results. This is also my number eight. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, let's uh... actually funny
2: enough, I had it at number seven.
0: Seven. Okay, yeah. Corey, talk about it.
2: Um, well, I guess uh, when I was even just trying to uh, rank everything, you know, first few times of uh, listening to it, I kind of had to, you know, choose, okay, what's one song that I really like? And then I was just kind of working the songs around that, you know, figuring, okay, do I like this song more or less? And uh, yeah, just, I mean, I again, it's, it's a solid rocker. It's a great opener for the, uh, for the album, but yeah, it was misogynistic lyrics that really kind of, you know, just kind of left me going, eh. mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not the best song on the album and yeah, I just wound up putting it, you know, further down because it just there's better songs on the album that I thought were. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd, Enough said.
2: <laughs> yep.
3: Yeah this this was Eddie's intro to say basically I'm back. Uh, it was a new a new stereo Eddie, I guess is what I want to call him. Um, he did lots of tricks at the beginning, you know, his, his flashiness, uh, to let everybody know he's back. They had the usual Michael Anthony harmonies. Great in this song. Uh, at the end, there was a lot of the tapping and, you know, the horsey sound that he likes to do. He, he threw in there at the end, just to say, you know, this is, this is the song that we're, we're coming back with. And I hope you like it.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Todd too, right? He plays on his solos. You're hearing him play rhythm of the souls which i think he did during a i think he started that with a fair warning album but those early albums it would be just him
3: yeah. well with sammy everything worked out a little better that way because sammy could always because he played guitar so right you know so they could being, do a live. yeah being that uh, a lot of his songs were just one person once Sammy got in there, it was like, OK, now we got a second guitarist. We can do fills. We don't have to overdub or do any, you know, what do yeah. we do in the stereo? We can definitely do live,
1: although yeah. I don't think did Sammy play. I don't I don't think Sammy played rhythm no. on this track live. No, I think just it just not not live in, but in I mean,
3: general, some some songs,
1: some of them. But yeah, there's but some yeah, it, of, like,
0: it, uh, it, uh, why can't this be love? Like he would play a guitar,
1: right? Second, it, it, guitar it's just me. yeah, it's, it's more production oriented, whereas like the first two albums Eddie goes into his solo. It's just Eddie. You're not hearing him also playing rhythm underneath it, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. You know,
3: Todd, do you get a ranking for this one? <sighs> you know what? I'll, I'll, I'm going to put five. Five? Okay. Five. Oh, okay.
1: Wow. Well, okay. Five. Nine tracks in all, so that's like right around the middle. Middle there.
0: Yep. All right. So the all next, right. the the next song, I think was the first single. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can't this be love? Was that? Is that right? That's what yep. I remember.
1: Oh yeah. Number and, two, uh, and it number was, two single,
0: and was the video released is as, as part of the live without a net? Was that the the video? Was, was it from that? I'm trying to remember now.
1: Uh, it might have been because they 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 intentionally decided to not make a video because they were sick of making videos. They didn't like making them, and they want to yeah. kind of stick it to Dave and say we don't need videos. Oh. But the but the MTV was clamoring for a Van Halen video because oh, yeah. they knew where they could get some numbers with that so they did pull from the live without a net okay but that's a good question so when did let's see when did live without a net get released although i guess i suppose they could have pulled it from there even before it was released but yeah i mean i know they did they released videos from live without net when i can't recall
0: though. yeah uh Corey, uh, live without a net was like a, a live full concert video it okay. is possibly one of the best live concert videos oh. i'm it's it's really good and i think todd you had the vhs at the time we watched the hell out of it or we watched it on showtime or I yep. don't...
1: how fucking cool are eddie solos on 5150 and summer yeah. nights uh, i'm kind of getting ahead of myself because i was going to mention that but oh my god yeah i just wish they had the whole show you know like they don't have good enough's not on there they, they're they the lift out songs but yeah they did
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah interesting yeah that's right they did leave good enough out
1: oh yeah, they did, but it's on YouTube. You can hear it. Some people have yeah. put up uh, "Wild Thing" too. Is on.
0: Oh yeah, okay. YouTube, and it
1: was released, I think, as like a B side or something. But yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, go ahead.
0: So yeah, why can't this be love? Was the the first single uh, was kind of everyone's the, the radio's introduction to the band. Uh, I'll, I'll start off. I at the time when that came out, I'm like, oh. I'm like this is your lead-in single it was super poppy um it had that weird kind of funny uh keyboard sound um now at the time I was I really didn't like the song they're singing about love and I'm like what this isn't Van Halen but this one has grown on me um it's one of those that I didn't like at first and every time I listened to it again it was like I like it a little more like it a little more and then it, it kind of crept up uh, the rankings for me. Um, I do like it a lot. And I do like the little scat part that Sammy does uh, kind of singing off of Eddie there in the middle, the, that whole thing. Um, so for me, I ranked this at number six.
1: Really? Correction too. It was, a, it was a number three single. Wow. What were the first two? I thought it was number two. I thought it hit number two, but it hit number three on billboard.
0: Oh, it hit number three. Okay. Yeah. The hot 100. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's number one mainstream rock track,
0: but like um, as a, as a single as a pop single, it's really good.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- this is one of those songs, I guess, it, again, it depends on your age. If you were, if you were a long time day fan and old enough to be there from day one, this is yep. not going to sit well with you. But oh, yeah. for me, it's just an undeniably catchy pop rock song. This is like an extension of Jump, and he's yep. yes. this is where Eddie was musically. Yep. Yeah, like it or not, Sammy said he takes a lot of hits. They everybody thinks that they went keyboard heavy because of Sammy, and Sammy keeps mm. saying this is what Eddie wanted. Well, Eddie. He's bringing the songs to me. I'm just rolling with it. Yep. This this saves Van Halen from being a post Roth era failure. Yes, you know yeah. it's a huge hit if it doesn't we see what happens with Van Halen 3. Eddie must have had so much fun writing and recording this song. He he stretches out. He does more keyboard work, a killer synth riff, that pulsating opening to start right through to the end. Perfect. And vocally, again, another great performance from Sammy. And we have Michael joining in on the main chorus. Mm -hmm. And the scat, like you say, Sean, that Sammy does alongside Eddie's synth riff. So cool. You know, lyrically, again, it's taking its hits. The only time will tell if we stand the test of time. That's the one that the haters like to poke <laughs> fun at, but yeah. whatever, whatever. The song is just so damn good. It just doesn't matter. And I I put this at number two. You put this at number two? Wow. wow. Yeah, number two. It's yeah, yeah, number yeah. Get ready. Set, forward all emails. Hate emails. <laughs> from the-
2: well, you can forward some of those emails to me, too, because it's ah. also my uh, number two
1: oh nice. yeah nice. I lo- see i oh. knew i liked Corey. i knew it wow. yeah. and
2: honestly it's <laughs> huge. it really is just a really great song you know just start Isn't to finish it? yeah. yeah it's wow. i mean i didn't think it was going to be my number two but this was actually the song where i kind of went okay you know what i know the song i know it's got a lot of air, uh airplay but i'm not sick of
1: it magical
2: yeah and so i i you know, I took that, you know, why can't this be love? And I just, you know, put it there, and that's where I was ranking all the songs around. This is the one where I'm like, okay, dude, I like you know summer nights more or less than that? Turned out pretty much everything wound up being less than that, except for one song, and we'll get to that. Oh now I'm excited.
1: Yeah, you know what, so Cody? You should if you love this song, you really should give Dave's skyscraper a listen. It's just like Paradise, oh. you know, is either yeah. love or hate. I know Stevie didn't like it but that's, that's that a type of part. magical 80s pop rock sound yeah you just can't not feel good listening to it
0: yeah exactly i, I sense yep. another album review with skyscraper, <laughs> skyscraper coming because i would kill to do that album
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> dave album same here yeah although it, i eat them and smile from an objective standpoint is sure better sure. and more yeah important and in, in the history I, of hard rock I keep yeah
0: finding things when i listen to skyscraper exactly
1: little that's things right, there. that's <laughs> him and stevie yeah him and okay. stevie produced Dave
0: and steve todd do you yeah. want to you want to rank uh why can't this be love
3: uh number eight well i mean back in 1984 uh when eddie did jump and there was this whole articles on dave saying you know you're not a keyboard player no one wants to hear your key p- play keyboards you're a guitar hero this song was very prevalent with keyboards. Very, very well done. Uh, pretty much saying to Dave, see, I'm going to play keyboards whether you like it or not. Um, who cares? I'm diversifying. And that's what he did. And he did an excellent job at it. Uh, the only thing is, for me, Eddie is a guitar player, although I do love his keyboards. For me, this, I mean, the song is great, but for a guitar hero standpoint, um, not not my favorite song of
1: theirs. Yeah, see, understandable. If you're a guitar heavy guy and you love Eddie just as a guitarist, I can totally see it. Yeah. I just love I love Eddie as a musician. Everything that he did, I can listen to, but I totally get it. Totally uh, understandable. Yeah. Okay, All so right.
0: the next track Eight. is is Get Up. Nice. Holy shit. <laughs> I remember here. So I'm like, so as I'm listening to the album, good enough, starts out really strong. And at the time I didn't like, why can't this be love? And I'm like, Oh my God. And then this comes on and I'm like, okay, there's Van Halen. Van, Van Han- Halen's here. This is, it's got, it's got all the uh, hot for teacher kind of vibe. Um, I, I, I'm a drummer, right? So this song, this was my song at the time. This was my number one for the longest time. I loved this song. I didn't care what he was, what Sammy was singing about. Just it was Ed and Alex, big Al going nuts off, off of each other, and you can tell they did this song, they worked this song out together in the studio. Like just the two of them figuring it out and then bringing it. I'm assuming that's what happened because it feels that way, it feels like an Ed and Al Al song for sure. I love this song. Like, where I do j- you put it? Ah, uh, I put it at uh number five, it used to be my number one, so it dropped okay. down to number five. For a a few reasons, there's a we'll we'll get through the list and you'll you'll hear why. But but this was my favorite for the longest time, just because it's kind of heavy metal, I guess.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, it's 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 lower on my list, but again, I love it. But I'm thinking the same as you, Sean. This this is uh, uh, this is a reminder to the critics and fans that Van Halen, you know, still knew how to rock. Yeah, right. And he and he's on fire here. But I am totally with you, Sean. Alex, what I love listening to is the way. Not just the song, but the way he plays alongside Ed, especially in the solos. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen to what he's doing. A lot of times, it's like a jazz thing. He's, he lets things ah. breathe. The, the best example is jump, when yeah. Eddie plays the solo on jump. Yep. And uh, Alec just lets it breathe. Yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, little brother, go ahead, do your thing. Yep. And a lot of times, he does this. And he gives this pocket for Eddie to go off on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's right alongside him. But it's like they shared the same brain. We work so well together. That was from their upbringing, for their, from their dad, the, the the jazz roots, the big band. That's you're hearing it there, and I love that classic Sammy lyrics here. Right when the going gets tough, yep. tough gets off their ass, make things work, right? And Sammy and Mike get way up for the chorus, and at the end, that's some serious high note shit right there. I, I don't, oh I God. don't think it's, I don't think it's studio trickery i think that's sammy and oh, mike oh
0: no, no, no there's no
1: and and then you get the chills they go all the way up yeah right at the end it's just the music oh, goes,
0: Got goosebumps it is. yes <laughs> just
1: yes. fire off in the yeah.
0: stratosphere Yep.
1: i yeah. love mikey love mikey i'm going to see sam and mike in june oh. here in connecticut bridgeport connecticut And I, I, i'm gonna tears are gonna be rolling down my eyes yeah man mikey. i love mike yeah what, he's what, always what, been so great to the news desk he knows jeff houseman me yeah. pretty well, and just a super nice guy, you know. Just he, he, he's just the most down to earth guy in rock and roll, you know. Just such a cool guy, and uh, I just my heart breaks because you know I think he, you know, Ed was ready to get Mike back. Oh yeah, and make sure, peace yeah. with him too because you know again, like Val said ed was making peace with the people he loved and i i I have to think he loved mike those guys he was with michael anthony for all those years from 70 what 74 74, or whatever he he met you know mike michael was in uh uh his own band they bring him in and he was there right up through
0: yeah uh
1: the gary years yeah
0: and he was he was almost like the like the mascot for the band in a
1: lot of ways like he, yeah, Sammy he, said he waved the flag. Yeah, more than anything, He anybody. still does. Yeah, he, okay. took, he yeah. took some hits. He had to take uh, less money to come back at times for the 04 tour. He gave up his publishing. because Sammy said, I want him back. He said, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and he still sounds great, his voice. Uh, he's singing now with the Circle shows with Sammy. Yeah. He, he's singing and talking about love, and he's singing Runner with the Devil, and hopefully yeah. some more come along. Yeah, he's got a great voice yeah and what are we up to humble yeah oh god yeah he's not he doesn't like being the rock star which you need that every bass player is it seems like most bass players are like like uh uh bill wyman you know yeah. bill and charlie back there with the that, that look just said like yeah yeah that's cool whatever yeah. you know and mick is going off you know you have that you need that you know yin yin and yang as they would say
0: so what's your ranking of this tune here eric Get oh
1: him. yes <laughs> i have it at number seven as much as i love it but it's okay. just, really? just yeah i have it at number seven all right yeah. we'll,
0: we'll let Corey go next because i know todd's still tabulating here i think yeah okay. um right, what do you got
2: yeah i actually put in number one,
1: wow. number one.
2: Oh. Yeah. but again Hell it's because yeah. well yeah i mean obviously you guys have had a lot more time to kind of you know sit down and think about everything but for me It's just, it's loud. It's bombastic. It's everything that, you know, Van Halen excels at. And so it just, it's this, it's the song that just came out, you know, grabbed me. And you know, it's a, it's a song that makes me want to get up and dance. Right.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: So yeah, that's. Makes you want to get up. Yeah. (laughs) 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 yeah But yeah, I mean, it's, it's loud, it's fast. It's again, it's solid you know, just right from the beginning, right to the end. Um, So it just wound up being my favorite off of the album
1: is that our shocker pick of the episode here? that's pretty shocking yeah I like we it. haven't we haven't mentioned that the critics always hate Alex's uh, electric drums uh you know which is on yeah, but that was the era you know yeah. I mean I know Phil Collins did it with invisible touch well, it like it's top, like, yeah
0: at the time though you, you you gotta realize that recording recording drums is always incredibly difficult and by using an electronic kit i'm sure it simplified everything so they could do it in house and not have to i know they've had producers do their albums but they were doing this at 5150 at the, at the studio so having the electronic kit just simplified things where they could actually have a bit more control i feel mm. you know like well, especially drums is hard as fuck <laughs>
2: yeah i mean you know recently we read uh you know um, Daryl Miller's uh, biography, and you know talking about yeah. all the crap that they had to go through just to try to get their drum sound uh, that uh, Andy, uh, Andy, Jones, Andy, Jones. Andy Andy Johns Andy yeah. Johns was uh, doing, wow. just you know the crazy stuff. So wow. you know I can see where a uh, electric kit would make things a lot easier.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, but you know also it was of the time that was, what, but he went right back he. he Abandon that on the next album, OU812. So it's interesting to hear them play the songs from this album on that 88 OU812 tour. You get to hear what those songs will sound like without electronic drums. Uh, Todd, what's your ranking to get up?
3: Num- numero uno.
1: Whoa, oh, he's got it at one. Holy two. shit. <laughs> okay. Holy <sighs> shit. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> wow! All, all right.
0: right, not going the way I thought at all. Yeah, That's more
3: cool. uh, Yeah, more more stereo. Eddie uh, dive bombs. Hotford teacher s drums. Uh, right. He's got the Steinberg going. Um, yeah, just a fun upbeat song. My, no. Michael Anthony just wailing on the harmonies as usual. You know the two hand tapping. You know th- th- this was this was an Eddie song. And that's that's why I ranked it number one. This this was the one that, uh, like Corey was saying, you know, get up, like just get you moving. So that's uh, yeah. So that's why I ranked that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the drums, um, the electronic drums. I don't nice. know. Maybe maybe he was trying to do like Eddie. Maybe just experiment. Know, there's a new look. There's a new piece of gear. Out. Let's sure. let's try this out on the album. See how it how it turns out. So, but uh, obviously it 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 didn't tickle his fancy as much as. Uh, maybe he thought it was because, like you said, he—I think he just used it on that one album.
0: Yeah. yeah, the drums do sound good on here on this on this track. Well, I—I'm I, looking at, like it's tabulating as we're going, and I'm like,
1: ooh. <laughs> so, okay, By the it, way, Warner Brothers wanted them to change their name to Van Hagar. Where do you guys stand on that? Is that actually is that is that actually a real thing? According to Sammy, yeah, they said. I mean, those the Warner Brothers was, they were nervous. They didn't, I mean, you got to well, you guys know, Dave was the York. front man. Yeah, so they, they were, they were a little nervous, you know, they were hoping it would be a Brian Johnson yeah. type of situation, yeah, yeah. you know, or Which, that it's was a hit, but so they wanted to change it to Van Hagar. Now, according to Sammy, Sammy said, no way. As, as the rest Sammy of the band said, did. no way right the whole band but also sam was like no i didn't want to do that That's interesting i now he but he ref, he refers to it as the van hagar era when he posts stuff you know in fact he he just posted a, a great live version of 5150 from japan on the 88 tour but he the facebook uh, well it's, it's facebook and twitter and all that so he's got an account where he posts stuff um, from the van halen years and he refers to it as van hagar as just a way of kind of Separating it, you know, but he didn't want to call them that.
3: Yeah, they would have had to call a Van Sharon once. Uh,
1: uh... <laughs> <laughs> ben- I, I, I Van don't. I, I don't know
3: if that would have flew very well, but.
1: Um. Yeah, Dave was the one who decided on Van Halen. He
3: I think went... Van Hagar was more like Van Hagar Age. Like once, um, once Sammy was in the band, that's what the fans called it, but I don't think it was anything official.
1: No. Yep.
2: Number one um, album
1: we have we haven't mentioned, right? This album went yeah, all the, way this the first, first number one. one. First number one. Yeah. 84 went to number two. Because I of... thriller. Yeah, and, which and, and Eddie Ed, was and, on. <laughs> and, and Alex was was pissed off. <laughs> Even Valerie said he really was pissed off. He would say to Ed, damn you, you were you did that solo on Beat It. And as a result, that's mm-hmm. why his album went to number one, <laughs> yep. and we were at number two. <laughs> they made up for it though. Every Sammy album was number one. Yep. Every single
0: we have so much more to talk about that last shocker we have more shockers coming how do you rank the 5150 tracks join us next week for part two see you on the flip side
2: fans of the sean geek podcast this is the core geek talking at you did you know that the sean geek podcast has merch available That's right, head on over to SeanMcGinneyD.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to SeanMcGinneyD.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode.